Welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast. We're here to grow in faith, connect in community, and serve the world. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy. So, as was said at the beginning of the service, I'm going to need six volunteers here in a few minutes. Uh, I hope someone jumps in because otherwise it's going to be really awkward. And there would, it would be especially good if among the volunteers were either a husband and wife or a parent and child. Okay? So be thinking about that. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I have four children, and the one that my wife and I live with during the colder months is named Sam. Uh, he's married to Karen, have two lovely children. Uh, you would look at Sam, a 35-year-old young man, and you'd say, wow, he's successful. A while back, I was talking with him about spiritual things, being connected to a faith community, being connected in faith. And he said something to me that I thought was so honest and vulnerable. He said, Dad, the challenge I have is understanding the need for that. The need for that. I think a lot of us, if we're honest with ourselves, struggle, especially when things are going well, with understanding what is the need we have, really, for all these spiritual things. So, Jesus gave voice to this. I want to ask, was he serious when he said this? Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Was Jesus serious about that? Was he meaning that there is this group of kind of righteous, put-together people that really don't need Jesus? Is that what he meant? I'd imagine some of us in our gut are saying, oh, no, that's that's not what Jesus meant. But I would venture to guess that most of us here, more often than not, imagine ourselves to be well enough put together spiritually that we don't often think about how desperately we need Jesus. So a focus question for all of us to hear today. How desperately do you need Jesus? How desperately do you need Jesus? I have an opinion, and that is I think most of us don't realize how desperately we need Jesus. In the gospel lesson today, there were these religious people, people like us, good church people, who were questioning why Jesus was hanging out with some bad people. And so in response to that, Jesus said these words. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So if you see yourself as righteous, whatever that means, put together, I guess Jesus hasn't come for you. There's another time when, again, the good church people were questioning why Jesus was hanging out with a particularly bad 
guy named Zacchaeus. And Jesus said in response to that, I have come to seek and to save the lost. We could continue giving examples of this because so often in the gospel record, this is what is happening. Jesus is hanging out with people that the religious people don't think he should be hanging out with. And if we mash all of those accounts together, what we're going to see is that the people whom Jesus focused on are the little, the least, the last, the lost, and the dead. The little children, the least of those, Jesus says. He says I've, that it, the first will be last. He says he's come to find the lost sheep. In the second lesson today, he said, talked about that we were born spiritually dead. He's come to raise the dead. You know, in the gospel record, whenever Jesus encountered a dead body, he raised it to life. I don't think he could help himself. Just had to do it. Even in the gospel of today, when the leader says, my daughter's dead, he's like, I'm going. Jesus came to raise the dead. So if you want to more deeply understand that Jesus came for you, find yourself in one or more of these categories. The 4LD, I call them. If, on the other hand, you imagine that you're, yourself to be among the righteous who are put together, then you probably don't think too often how desperately, desperately you need Jesus. As religious people, church people, we are really good at a, a number of things, but here's a couple things we're also good at. We're good at defining sin away from ourselves. We say, that, that's, that's not me, or, or that sin doesn't apply to me. And we're also good at imagining that our good works count for more than they do. And that leads to us not understanding how desperately we need Jesus. How desperately do you need Jesus? Okay. Now it's time for the illustration. And I will tell you, anytime you do an illustration, there's always limits to an illustration. It kind of runs aground at some point, but we'll see how this goes. So I need six volunteers. Who's going to help me? One, two, three. You guys come up. I need, uh, is there a parent, child, or a husband, wife? Okay. Okay. That's great. Okay. We've got one more. And we need, uh, we, need, we need a female. We need at least one. Okay. Come up here. Okay. So, who's, who's dad? Okay, dad, you're going to be God. Thank you. What's your name? Michael. Michael, you're going to be Michael. You're going to be right here. Okay? And uh, you're going to be sitting right here. And let's see, who should I pick on here? I'm going to pick on you. Okay? Right. So you're going to be over there. Okay? You guys are the pillars of the law. Okay? So you're going to go over there, see where that thing is on the floor? In a minute, I'm going to ask you to bring that up here. So you just go stand there. Okay. Okay, Michael. And you're going to stand right like this. And Dad, God, John, come here. So uh, he'll be hard. To, are you going on this trip, by the way? He's well, going just, to, just for today. Just for today. So he's going to be God today. Oh, so. Okay. So let's stand, right? Just take a step here. Okay, you come this way. So face each other. This is the way that God 
intended things to be. The original blessing. That we were in an eternal relationship with God. In an eternal paradise where there was no pain, suffering, death. Where everything was perfect. So, just to symbolize that, why don't you give each other a big father son That's how it was meant to be. But here's what we did. We said, you know what? I think I can make my own decisions about what's good and bad, what's evil and not. I'm going to be the captain of my own ship. I'm going to decide my own destiny. I didn't say turn around. <laughs> and we're going to go our own way. Now, here's the thing. When we're doing this, when we're kind of on this like self-focused mission, doing our own thing, we don't think we're doing really anything wrong. But I'm going to share with you some bad news verses. Here's the first one. Next slide. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, then the truth is not in us. See, if we think that we're all okay, that we're all put together, that you know we're not really doing anything wrong, we're deceiving ourselves. Because, in fact... There's sin. So now I need the pillars of the law to pick that sheet up and come over here. Bring it over. You're still right here, Dad, facing him. Still facing. Nope, this way. This way? This way. Oh, this way. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Sorry. So let's see. It goes like this. Okay. One of you's over here holding this nice and tight. Don't unwrap it anymore. Just like that. Okay. Unwrap it a little bit more. And then, okay, you guys got to hold this nice and tight. You're right here on this side. Okay, now, Father, when you look at your child, what do you now see? Sin. Sin. There's a barrier here. Now, I realize that this is a bed sheet with spray paint on it. But I want you to imagine that it is a barrier that is eternally wide, eternally deep, eternally tall, now separating us from God. That's what happens when we go our own way. We can call it sin. You could call it rebellion. You could call it being broken. You could call it being not enough. Whatever it is, the Bible calls it sin. So that's also, I didn't want to write out any of those other big words on the sheet. So we'll just call it sin. I have trouble with spelling, and this was enough of a challenge. Well, at some point, when we're over here, go ahead, sit down, sit down. When we're over here, we're realizing this is not working out for us. Life is not so good. Here's one of the other bad news verses from Proverbs. Sometimes there's a way that seems right to us, but in the end, it is the way to death. And we start realizing that when we're going our own way. It's not working out. Something's wrong. Something's missing. And there's a loneliness that sets in, which is now a really terrible verse. Next slide. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family. I mean, that's, that's a hard verse, isn't it? But when we're going our way, we are missing the depth of those relationships. Because we're in our own selfish self. Well, at some point... We, we say to ourselves that this isn't working out. 
I got to do something. And often what we say is, I'm going to get religious. I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to go to youth group. I may even go on a mission trip. I may, maybe I'll become a pastor. (laughs) And we start kind of trying to find our way to God. And so we get there, we're going, we're going, but there's still this barrier. And to us, we don't even understand what this means. What does that word say to you? Niz, kind of, but whatever that letter is. We don't even understand the brokenness, the separation we have. And in fact, there's another really bad news verse from James chapter 2. It says this, whoever keeps the whole law and stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all. So even when, as we're trying to get our life together, maybe we're putting those sins away and we're feeling righteous and we're getting better. And even if you lived your whole life in a perfect way except for one time, you talked about someone behind their back. Or something like that. You're breaking the whole law. There's still the barrier between us and God. And then the bad news verse that I most dislike. Here it is. Next slide. Whoa, that's not it yet. Go back one. There it is. There is no difference for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. There is no difference for all of fall short of the glory of God. Here's what this means. I want to introduce to you our two new characters. Here is, stand up. If you're going to think of the people that have lived in recent times that are most the holy people, the holiest person, here, meet Mother Teresa. Okay? Now, if you're to think of the person that is really bad... Who might you think of? How about Jeffrey Dahmer? Remember like when that guy came to church and you got to play Jeffrey Dahmer? Wasn't that great, was it? (laughs) We want him back. (laughs) So if we were going to line these folks up, Mother Teresa, Michael, and Jeffrey Dahmer, who's closest to God, who would we put closest to God? Mother Teresa, okay? Who would be next? Michael, we hope, okay. (laughs) And what about this guy? Where's he at? (laughs) That's where he is. He's out. But, and we have to do it that way. Right? We can't treat the sins, quote, of Mother Teresa or Michael in the same way that of the terrible things Jeffrey Dahmer did. There has to be some justice in our life, but that's not how God does it in his economy, is it? In God's economy, this is how we are. It doesn't matter whether you're here or out there. There's still this separation. I hate this verse. Because I'm not Jeffrey Dahmer. You're not Jeffrey Dahmer. But we're still separated. And that's why we so desperately need Jesus. Okay. Mother Teresa and Jeffrey Dahmer, you can sit down. (laughs) Okay, we're still here with Michael, with us. He represents us.
so here's where we're left. Next, next slide. The wages of sin is death. If you don't think anything else about how desperately you need Jesus, think about this word, death. When you're dead, you can't do anything to help yourself. It's completely helpless. We are totally dependent, desperately dependent on someone to do something when we're dead. And that's how we're born. Even though we're right, you know, living and breathing now, we're born spiritually dead. That's what we read from Ephesians today. Yesterday I attended the funeral of a beautiful 35-year-old mother and wife. It's terrible. We're all one phone call away from being on our knees, aren't we? And that's the reality of our death. So, Death forces us to see that we desperately need Jesus. For without Christ, we remain without hope, little, least, last, lost, and dead. But here's the good news. This is who Jesus came for. This is who Jesus came for. There are good news, verse, good news to some of these bad news verses. There's a second half of the verse that's good news. Remember this one from... First uh, John, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Remember this terrible verse that Jesus said, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is the slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a child belongs to it forever, so if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And then the verse that I most dislike, there's no difference... For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified. That means to be made right freely by his grace through the redemption that came through Christ Jesus. And then the verse that teaches us where we're at, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is why we so desperately need Jesus, because only he could do these things. This is what Jesus accomplished for us that we could never do for ourselves and why we so desperately need Jesus. Jesus himself is our peace who has made the two one, that is us and God, it's referring to, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. He's destroyed this barrier. Do you remember what happened the moment Jesus died in the temple in Jerusalem? Do you remember what happened? Here's what happened. Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. The curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That curtain across the Holy of Holies represented the separation between holy God and unholy human beings. And the moment Jesus died, that just went, whoa. No, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're staying here. Here you go, Dad. Hold it tight. Tear it apart. And though that law that leads to sin and death was broken, you guys can sit down. And now there is no separation between us and God. Only Jesus could do that. Only Jesus could take apart that barrier. And that's why we so desperately need him. 
This is what Jesus accomplished for us that we could never accomplish for ourselves. How desperately do you need Jesus? Now, he didn't just tear it down and stand on the other side and go, well, you know, whenever you're ready. In the person of Jesus Christ, in the person of the Holy Spirit now, he came through. And even though we were turned away, through the power of the Holy Spirit touches us, and we turn, and we're embraced. You guys can sit down. You can get sit down. Thanks, Thank you so much for helping me out today. That was perfect. At the start of the sermon, I left out a part of what Jesus said when he responded to the religious people who were saying, why was he hanging out with these bad people? Jesus said, as you remember, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The part that I left out was what Jesus quoted from his own scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures. I desire mercy in that sacrifice. What Jesus is saying, I don't desire you're all being put together. Your sacrifice of a religious life. What I desire more is your understanding of your brokenness and your need for me. So that I may show you mercy. The mercy of forgiveness and eternal life. That's the genius of this gospel lesson. Because it starts out with these religious people who think they really don't need so much. And it ends up with these two very desperate people. A woman with the flow of blood and the dead girl who desperately need Jesus. That's who we are in this story. At some point, we're all brought to the place where we realize how desperately we need Jesus. We're all just one phone call away from being on our knees. But why wait for that? Why wait for when it comes upon us? Here's how we can respond today. Seek to more deeply understand your ultimate need for Jesus by seeing yourself as one or more of these little, least, last, lost, and dead. And then trust Jesus. In this way, we know that Jesus has come for us. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we are proud people. We take pride in our accomplishments and our success and our achievements. And that's all well and good. But when needed, Lord, break us of that pride that we may turn to you in desperate need and cling to you above all else. For in you are the words of eternal life. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.